This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Dumpster Diving. Uh, We're here for a second week of Green Book or the Green Room. What are we we doing? Green Room. (laughs) We're not talking about uh, Marshall Ali. That's how you say his name. Uh, Vigo Mortensen. That's not an easy name either. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen. I've seen, have you seen uh the Green Book? I wanted to, but I didn't actually watch it. No, it's not bad. It's a decent movie. It, Put it, that on the poster. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those movies where uh, there's racism, and then the white guy solves it. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, someone's got to solve these problems. Exactly. Uh, I was. Uh, so, for, for those of you in the know, I was a couple minutes late to our recording sesh here. That's industry term, uh, guys. <laughs> um, but I was talking to... A little inside, I know. <laughs> I was talking to my my uh, 14-year-old daughter over uh, FaceTime or Skype or whatever it is, uh, because I haven't seen her in a while because of this uh, crisis and everything. And this is a conversation that I had with her. She asked me... If I knew someone, because we we got onto the subject of TikTok, and she asked me if I knew a girl named Charlie something. I don't remember her last name now. Hebdo. What what is it? Charlie what? Hebdo? Hebdo? No, I I think it was Charlie D'Amelio. Oh, well, that's close. Apparently, she's some 15-year-old that does dances on TikTok, and she's super popular. And my daughter was uh, saying that she's way more popular than she should be, Um, but she's also, like, she got cheated on by her boyfriend, whose name is Lil Huddy. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's what you cut out there. Lil Huddy. Um, so Lil I look honey, Huddy H U D D Y. Oh, okay. So I looked up little Huddy and, uh, she's, she said, this is what she said to me. She said, he's famous for having curtains. <laughs> I was like, you mean like, uh, like we all have in our bedroom and apparently it's a, apparently it's a hairstyle. Remember, uh, like the late nineties, early two thousands. I think maybe, uh, Joey Lawrence. Whoa had them uh it's where the <laughs> it's where the the front of the hair is really long and it could get in your eyes and uh um you know like you ever see that movie like a reverse mullet yeah kind of yeah you ever see that movie bye bye love no oh, okay well the guy in there definitely had it uh i just i remember in the late 90s and early 2000s just guys all over the place brushing hair out of their eyes and every girl swooning about I, yeah, it. I think they do that in the early 2000s for sure. Like mm-hmm. I used to work with like 50 of those kids. Yeah, exactly. So that hairstyle apparently is back now. But it's like there was so many. It's it was so, it's so weird having a conversation. I mean, I love her obviously, but it's so weird having a it's so weird having a conversation with her sometimes because she'll say something. And I'll be like, "What's that? What's that mean?" I probably ask that about 25 times during one conversation with her. But she's really into anime, and guess what I got to show her, Mike? Oh, anime? Well, oh, over uh, over FaceTime uh, on my phone, 
but she could still see it. I got to show her the uh, the Korean animation ending episode. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Of, uh, she was cracking up so much because she's like, oh, it is like that. Yeah, anime is like that. I used to watch uh, like Clerks, the animated series. Like uh, I used to watch it really late at night, and I wouldn't really pay attention at the time. But the first mm-hmm. time I, I, I'm like, what did I just hear when that scene happened? And I had to rewatch <laughs> it. It was I, I almost died laughing. Big American body. Work, work, everybody, work. We are slaves. <laughs> so great. Uh, there's so many subtle parts, like where the uh, the transformer just crushes this person, and there's just blood spray everywhere. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but that so that was great. So we get we still get to to share things, which is awesome. Uh, Mike, guess what? Last week we uh, we talked about some news, and we completely skipped over uh, doing um, you know your uh, your segment here. So yep. do you have your uh, your keeping current with Mike ready to go? I do, I do. Uh, this this time we're going north of the border to uh, Canada. That's oh, Canadian gossip! Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of this before. It's pretty awesome. This site is called Narcity dot com. N a r c i t y. Okay. <laughs> Narcity dot com. We're looking for some some hot Canadian goss. We use that language too, just like you guys do, goss. Now, I know you probably have heard this one, but did you know that Francesca Ferrego says she and Harry jo- Josie aren't actually engaged after a reunion episode? <laughs> no. Francisco what? Francisco Franco? Francesca Ferrego, F-A-R-A-G-O. Her and good old Harry Josie, J-O-W-S-E-Y, aren't actually engaged after the reunion episode of whatever show it was. Wow. Okay. Oh, apparently... Let's see. It says too hot to handle. Uh, in Instagram is the first thing that comes up for for this person. Uh, but it says too hot to handle, friend, friend, uh, Francesca or whatever. Um, let's see. She is apparently. Come on, load. Uh, <laughs> she's got a blue check mark on Instagram, so she looks. Uh, yeah, she's fine. She's decently attractive. It looks like she's, I don't know. She's, uh, I don't know exactly what nationality she is. Italian, maybe? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to tell. Canadian. Um, but yeah, so she's she's on something called Too Hot to Handle. Uh, I don't know what that is. But let's see. Too Hot to Handle uh, let's see. On Harry's proposal, sh- sexuality and slut shaming. Apparently, she's been uh, slut shamed. Too hot to handle is a reality show. It's had one season. It's on Netflix. It's a reality show go- going straight to Netflix. Another sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> um, is it is it Canadian? Let's see. Uh, Eight episodes so far. Man, I might have to watch this. Um, it's a dating game show produced by Fremantle Production Company. Uh, it was wait, wait, what's this show called? It's called Too Hot to Handle. It, Is this the one where they pay people to not have sex? Uh, yes, yes, it is. That's correct. Yeah, I've heard of this. I've never seen it because uh, I'm not a fucking idiot, so I don't watch this type of show. <laughs> 
Yeah. So you want to watch it though, huh? Apparently, what'd you say? <laughs> You're looking forward to watching it though. You say? Yeah, I might. Uh, I I am an idiot. So. <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm I really don't like reality TV, but uh, I did hear something about this. I guess it's like in the on the Bachelor they have some like show where it's like uh here's a bachelor spinoff uh a bunch of fucking nymphos go to an island and they just fuck all the time and we'll film it um that's the show i think that was the pitch of the show and then- but unfortunately it was called jeffrey epstein's island <laughs> yep exactly just, just sheer coincidence it wasn't the same guy or anything <laughs> It's just another Jeffrey Epstein happened to uh, create the show. Yeah, he was the ex- he was the executive producer <laughs> who was called Jeffrey Epstein Jeffrey Epstein's Island. Oh my god! But uh, but anyway, so I, I guess they're led to believe that it's one of those type shows. But then and then they give him like an hour or two to like start like making out and shit and everything, and uh, and then they come in and they're like, oh, by the way, if you want to win uh, the hundred thousand dollars, then you can't have sex or masturbate. <laughs> And you can't kiss. How long are they there for? Uh, ten years. No, I don't. I don't know. It's like a long time. It's uh, it's eight episodes. So let's see. Um, let me see if it's eight hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's you see. Mean I can't fuck for eight hours. This is bullshit. <laughs> I thought I was going to Jeffrey Epstein's island. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go hang out with good old Jeff. Have some fun. Oh, exactly. Oh wait, what? He ki- he killed himself. Oh, unrelated. Oh unrelated. The executive producer, also named Jeffrey Epstein, happened to kill himself. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, I just want you to know that uh, Hillary Clinton's in China right now. I'm trying to point that out. <laughs> why, why, why'd you point that out? She is. I just got an email from her. <laughs> from her own oh, server. Sensitive subject. <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, though, I mean, do you really want somebody who doesn't know how to use email to be your president? No shit. That is I mean, true. I, I don't imagine. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't know how to use Twitter, but I mean, right. I mean email. Come on, that's such a basic thing. Oh God! But oh yeah, she can't read, but uh, she's she's going to be the president of the free world. Ah, <laughs> uh, if only. Um, but apparently, so yeah, this woman is on uh, that show, uh, which is a Netflix reality TV show uh, that we just described to you what it was. <laughs> So if you want to see those eight episodes of people not having sex, uh, then I don't know, have fun with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know why this is, uh, Fremantle is apparently a British company. Uh, the ones that made this show. I don't know why this is Canadian gossip, but I'm uh, guessing this lady is Canadian. Probably. Speaking of Canadians, our next story straight from the headlines. Grimes shares adorable snap of Elon Musk cuddling with newborn. Oh boy. X-A-E-A hyphen 12. Leon Flux, I believe is how you pronounce it. Something that. like that. I'll have to say, spoiler, I'm not going to read this story, but I did see a story uh, down down a bit that said that that name's not going to be allowed in California. Like, it's not legal, I guess. Yeah. I, there, yeah. If you know anything about Elon Musk, this guy plays by the rules. Yeah. I'll tell you, Elon Musk is four years away from having a base on the moon and then like just pointing a laser at all the uh, all the countries of the world. This guy is full on like fucking supervillain. 
He is the we- one of the weirdest people ever. Remember like 15 years ago when uh, he came out and he was like, hey, I'm the s- new CEO of Tesla and these are electric cars. And everyone was like, here's the man that's going to save us from global warming. Here's our hero that's going to deliver us from all the evils that uh, that we've done to planet Earth. This fucking genius. And now he's turned into uh, fucking Dr. Evil from, <laughs> from Austin Powers. Uh, basically yeah but yeah i don't i don't know that's a weird name i mean a lot of people have weird names that's that's pretty pretty high up there well the, the mom's name is grimes <laughs> i think that's like her stage name she's like a, a musician or a rapper yeah. or something claire oh, elise bouchard oh she was born on saint patrick's day 1988 good for her by the way i should mention this a canadian gossip site has a, like at least two stories that i see on the front page about ryan reynolds Anytime, anytime Ryan Reynolds does anything, he's got to get into Canadian gossip magazines. That's for sure. Uh, she had a uh, a single called Genesis. Do you think it was about the uh, Phil Collins led uh, band? I hope so. Me too. I've heard the name, but I, I don't think I've heard any of her stuff. No. <laughs> Here's a so when I looked her up, one of the things that comes up is an article from Vanity Fair that says Gwyneth Paltrow accepts defeat in the face of Grimes and Elon Musk's baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? What could this possibly well, mean? Aren't, this, aren't her kids like whatever kid's name is Apple? I don't know what the other one is. Yeah, was it like probably like, probably like Steam Clitoris or something like that? <laughs> Is she it is her defeat like the weirdest baby name ever? While most of us I don't know, I don't know what other kids are names. while most of us on planet Earth are just figuring out how to pronounce X Eon Flux A twelve Musk's name, Gwyneth Paltrow has just sent a special gift to the infant's parents uh in recognition of their triumph, as spotted by the hawk-eyed folks at Comments by Celebs Instagram account. You know, the great work done by comments by celebs on Instagram. Uh, Paltrow responded to an InStyle magazine post about the first child of the South African-born founder of an actual thing called The Boring Company. Wow. And the Canadian-born recording artist. I think we got beat for most controversial baby name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, the controversial baby name that she that she had was Apple. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oh, she has another weird one. No, she definitely has another weird one, but the Apple's the one they reference, and it's like that's really not that controversial of a name. That's that's not even like the weirdest celebrity name. The, the weird one of the like I think uh, Pendulette's daughter's name is Moxie Crime Fighter. Yeah. Pendulet, yep. Which yep. Moxie is a uh, popular drink from New England, where he's from, and yeah. uh, you know also you know the verb Moxie, and he just he just you know no one cares about your middle name or ever asks for it, so he's like why not? Yep, exactly. Just like no one will ever know your middle name, Mike. <laughs> It's true. Uh, but my dad couldn't couldn't escape his film. <laughs> Cheever. Cheater. Yeah. Cheater. <laughs> I still I seriously, I hope all his bullies are dead because they they <laughs> they have to live in shame. Like they probably prayed for death for, for how uh how just just pathetic they were at not being able to come up with something better. <laughs> What if what if some of them are still alive and listening to this conf- podcast right now? We we should confront them. <laughs> like, oh, I, I heard you used to make fun of my fucking dad, huh? That would be a great show. Just track tracking down your father or grandfather's bullies. 
and then bullying like them back. 90-year-old men. Yeah, they're 90 now. So. <laughs> I was in the war. Yeah, the Civil War. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. What do you got to say now? You fucking uh, hunched over piece of shit. Oh, oh I, you could take down 10 krauts, as you described earlier, but you can't go one day without your medication? <laughs> Uh, Are you truly the greatest generation? Yeah. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be that good of a show. Or maybe it would be a great show if someone else was doing it. <laughs> It'd be a fun segment. It would be a fun segment. We should do it. We should track them down. I think there's a show like that, though, where people like have their bullies like fight like MMA fighters. So that's kind of a better show. <laughs> Unless we get these 90-year-olds fighting like, you know, top athletes. <laughs> No, we just we put them we put them in the ring and then uh they but they have to fight old old style boxing with their their fists like pointed at themselves. And the champion is a kangaroo. Yep. Ah, come on now. Ah. But they comically mistake it for a uh, person because they forgot their glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that that guy can really jump. Oh man! Let's see. Let's see what else we have Canadian news-wise. This is an actual story. Okay. Jim Carrey gives an update on his quarantine beard, and it's looking very scruffy. What? And there's a photo of it, what? and that's the whole story. <laughs> I think Jim Carrey's been looking kind of fucking scruffy for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Ever since he's talked about how he doesn't really he exist, killed, he killed his girlfriend. Yeah. How he doesn't really exist, and nothing matters, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, interesting guy. Right. I read an article today. As I as as you know, uh, for whatever reason, my phone has decided that I like BuzzFeed, and I guess they're not wrong because I do end up clicking on at least some of these articles just out of ch- out of sheer like anger. Now I didn't save it. <laughs> I wish I had. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Uh, to uh you know do it justice but the article said something like it was one of the it was one of the jenners what wh- who's the most famous jenner uh well their kids kylie oh i don't know i think it was uh, i think it was it? i think it was kylie kylie jenner let's just say sure. it was kylie jenner um it was it said the article said something like carly jenner is yeah that's what it was uh, Kylie Jenner has dyed her hair blonde and and dot 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 she's serving and I was like what the fuck does that mean she's serving so I went into the article and it was basically like you know you all know Kylie Jenner and then there's a picture of Kylie Jenner she's you know she's uh, been in quarantine and that's a picture of her in her house um but recently she went blonde and that's a picture of her posting something on Instagram where her hair is blonde now. And they, this, it goes on like this. And then of course there's ads in between. I counted it 128 words and five ads with 15 pictures of Kylie Jenner or some gif or something like that. And at the end it's like, but she's serving with this hair. And now I kind of want to go blonde and all this stuff. Um, by the way, the article was written by a dude. Um, so don't dye your hair. No men look good with blonde hair. 
basically, unless you're Aaron Eckert, I guess. So, someone's never seen Meteor Man. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so I was like, okay, I guess serving means she's she's owning it or so. I don't know what the, I don't know what the fuck that means, but. Like I just, I, this is fucking. This is people are writing articles out here. Someone got paid to write 128 words, shove a bunch of fucking pictures in there, and then their algorithm put ads, you know, strategically in the thing. Someone got paid to write that article to write 128 oh, words. I'm sure they didn't get paid well. I hope not. Whoever wrote that Probably article, I hope you're starving. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope you're the next segment of how 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 are you surviving? Because it's just. It's fucking vapid nothingness. It really pisses me off. Something new with the Kardashians was vapid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it really angers me as as a writer, as an entertainer. Mike and I put a lot of thoughts into this show that we do, and we we work hard on this. Everything. I don't know if you guys know this, but everything is scripted. We, Mike and I, write an entire script out. It makes it sound like it's like we're just making it up as we go along. Uh, full, you know, awkward pauses included in that script, so it sounds natural. We put a lot of hard work into this, and and it offends me that people are out there writing these articles, making money off of this stuff, and it's just putting fluff and nothing out into the universe. Whoever you are, and I didn't write your name down. I was going to because I was going to attack you on Twitter, but <laughs> I thought better of it. But whoever you are that wrote that article about Kylie Jenner serving in her fucking blonde hair. Fuck you. Get a real job. Right. Uh, I feel like my dad, but still, it, it had to be said. Tell us your bullies. <laughs> Who hurt you? Um, remember when we beat up uh, uh, Ryan Seipke for being a scab? <laughs> yeah, and I do it again. I, I saw him today on the street selling I, the wrong papers. Yeah. This was when, for those of you that don't know, at one time, the uh, Detroit News and Free Press went on strike uh, here in Michigan. But he was delivering the Oakland Press, <laughs> which was not either of the ones on strike. But we still scalded him a scab and, and beat him up. He also wore nut huggers, so you well deserved a oh, beating or two. Absolutely. And also, he hated his dad so much he would he would like yell mockery at him when he was like, uh, "Be a, I'm just trying to help support his family by, by being a ref at like middle school football games." <laughs> yep. <laughs> he also carved psycho into his into his forehead uh, in the <laughs> locker room of a football game. There's a, a surprisingly large amount of people carving things into their body in our school. Yeah, that is true. It was quite a trend. Oh, we got Just any fan? <laughs> we we got any more Canadian gossip? No, I, I'm not even kidding. Like half the page is like uh, Ryan Reynolds, and the other half is Justin Bieber. And there's a lot of Elon Musk stuff on there too. Is Elon Musk is South African though, right? Oh no, his girlfriend's Canadian. Yeah, but he's with that, yeah, yeah, that lady he shot loads into is uh, Canadian. <laughs> and also, he has six other kids, so I guess that's good. He does. Well, I knew he had five. Apparently, he had uh, one more than what I knew. I, from what I know, he has five boys, and this is a boy. I don't know if the other one's also a boy, but oh my god! God, he's probably not, probably not even in their lives. You know how you know how African fathers. Oh my god! 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the signal cut out. I, I didn't hear what you uh, just said, and I wouldn't be able to hear it if you repeated either. <laughs> just joking, guys. Come on. Come on. I love all. I love all peoples, but I don't like Elon Musk. <laughs> After 30 minutes of laughing, that was just a joke. I happened to think it was funny. Um, anyway. Oh, I, I, I just can't admit that I thought it was funny. Spe- speaking of... Uh, uh, speaking of... It's a funny, yeah. perfect segue. <laughs> uh, we watched uh, another episode of The Green Room with Paul Provenza. This episode, we got to know um, Roseanne, Patrice O'Neill, Sandra Bernhardt... Mark Maron. And Mar- Mark Maron, who's always Mark on the Maron. show. And, He's always on. And Bob Saget. He, he runs the cue cards most of the time. <laughs> Even though it's not scripted. And he pretends so bad. He pretends to uh still be addicted to cocaine, uh, you know, on the on the side. I don't know. Right. I don't know. He's on that show yeah. Glow. Yeah, I've never seen that show. I watched like two episodes of it, and I was like, this show's good. I like this show. And then I never watched it again. <laughs> What's funny is I actually watched The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it was awful. My dad used to watch it. I remember. It was on late at night on, I think it was Fox. It was like on after Married with Children, and mm-hmm. there was a Married with Children crossover with Glow. Yes. Yep. That's right. Uh, do you remember, yeah. um, what was the, uh, what the fuck was that show called? It wasn't American Gladiators, but it was kind of like that. It was like... Uh, Oh, what the fuck was it called? It was like Battle something. I don't remember. It was on. It was on. It was on late at night. Um, and it, I think it was supposed to be like a comedy parody of American Gladiators, but it was it was so stupid. Oh, was Tim Stack involved? He was in a lot of like parodies like around that time. No, no, but I do remember. I I, I liked Tim Stack a lot actually. Yeah, it could be funny. I liked that show that I can't remember what was what he. What show he did? Night with... Talk with Dick Dietrich. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I was thinking. And also, of. He did Son of the Beach. Yep. Yeah, he was on Son of the Beach and and that Dick Dietrich show. So funny. We should get him on. <laughs> is he still alive? Uh, I'm gonna assume he is. I don't even want to know if he's dead. He's Robert Stack's brother, right? Is he really? I don't think so. I don't think so either, because scenario number one. Right. He is still alive. 65. He's going to be 65. He's going to be pretty old. Yeah, 65 years old. Oh, he was. he's on My Name is Earl, apparently? Good. I, I know he's on the Wonder Years as a teacher. I don't know if it was like a permanent like kind of thing, or just every so often, or just once. Don't know. He was born in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. The son of... Damn it! The son of Joan and Tom Stack. Brother Robert. He was on. He had a five-episode arc on Punky Brewster as a rule-obsessed but unfeeling DCFS social worker. His name. His uh, name. His name was Simon Chillings. Jesus. <laughs> what? That, that's that's hitting the nail on the head a little bit. Simon Chillings. Oh, yeah. But so he's still alive. That's good. I think Robert Stack is dead. Oh, big time. Oh, 2003. And not yeah. gay. Not gay. Probably. No, not probably gay, not but gay. Uh, I don't think he... Well, I guess you never know, but... 
And I'll tell you another thing. If I were that woman, I would make love to him. He was a he was married to someone named Rosemary Bow. Oh, she was a looker. I mean, this picture is from 1952, but I scams. <laughs> oh, she just died last year, January 20th, 2019. Well, grab a shovel. <laughs> Well, if I wasn't a happily married man, cheaper than a real doll, then I'm, I'm, I guess I might uh, dig up and defile a corpse uh, of a 90 year old woman who uh, I thought was pretty, like fairly attractive in a picture from 1952. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. Um, but oh, I, I was listening to uh, this interview or a little piece of one with Matt Damon earlier today. Yep. And uh, it was about the, the, the Departed, you know? He was in with uh, Jack Nicholson, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the scene where they kill that woman out, like, like in, the, in the sand. He goes, ooh, she fell funny. <laughs> yeah. do, do you remember that part? Yeah. Like he said, he said Jack Nicholson came up with that part. And he also said something about, like, uh, uh, about like oh, I kind of want to fuck her again. <laughs> like, impl- he goes, you know, because it's messed up because they imply they already raped her. Like, yeah, we get it. Yep. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh, that movie. I like that Jack movie Nich- though. Jack Nicholson's weird because I think he's a really good actor, but I don't feel that he has a big range at all. So I feel like, like right the perfect part for him. He's good. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that for sure. He can. But if be- he had to be like a milk toast like librarian, he'd be the same. Like I'm getting the fucking Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was Stephen King's biggest problem with him being cast in The Shining. Is that you know he had been in one flew over the cuckoo's nest not not too uh, much earlier and you know he just kind of looked fucking crazy anyway. Yes. So he was like, I don't I don't like it because you you know it's it's not it's supposed to be subtle. <laughs> and Stanley Cooper was yeah. like, let me smack around Lily Tomlin a few times. Not Lily Tomlin was it? What was her name? Oh yeah, not Lily Tomlin. Uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Robert Duvall's sister, as a, I assume. Right. As a uh, as a Stephen King fan, how do you feel about the original Shining movie as opposed to the TV remake? Uh, the original is far better than the <laughs> than the TV remake. No, I'm not, I'm, don't even don't even consider. It. I mean, how do you think about it as far as the book goes? I mean, do you think it's better than the book? Do you think it's a good? Oh. I mean, do you think he could have done a better job? How do you? I mean, that's a really iconic movie and a really iconic Stephen King book. So the the book, The Shining, the book is probably uh, I don't, it's hard. It's maybe his best book as far as written. Like it's not my favorite, but as far as like a oh, I I strongly disagree. You don't think it's the best written book? That he's done? I think some of his best written works, and uh, some of them get kind of ridiculous, are the latter, like, maybe the last four books of The uh, the Dark Tower. Well, yeah. I, the but Dark Tower is... is really, really good. Yeah, The Dark Tower is... I mean, that's... To me, that whole series is kind of, you know, like the best example of his writing. But the... The Shining the Bachman books are very good, too. I like. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm partial to the Bachman books as well. But The Shining, I think, is like... It's the one that I think ha- would have a chance to be taught in schools as like an example of, of gothic yeah, writing. Yeah, I and, can see that. You know, there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of literary things going on in the book. It's it's a good book. Sure. But 
Yeah, but I mean, I I I can think of like basically every like I think Needful Things is better. The Dark Half is yeah. a very very good and underrated book. I feel. I yeah, you know, the Dark Half is one of my favorite books too. The movie sucked. Yes, it did. Um, even though it's super long, it is a very consistently good book throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some parts that are kind of like, uh, but I mean, I mean, a lot of the Dark Tower books, you could just, I mean, the whole the whole series, it it, it it's very good from the beginning. There's a weird part where it kind of falls off a little bit, but then it comes mm-hmm. roaring back. Yep. Yeah, I I um I think the stand is a bit overrated. Uh, I I yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I feel that I'm happy that the original book had all those cuts. Yeah, agreed. Yes, exactly. Like 400 pages were cut, and when I read the uncut version, I'm like, yeah, those 400 pages could have gone. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I don't need to know how to grow fucking uh, okra in uh, Colorado in the winter with hydroponic systems. Exactly. But um, what, do, you, do you think the height of his hubris was when he had those uh, commercials? Oh, yes. <laughs> for the uncut version of the stand? Like, A- absolutely. Like, they put this all back in. It's like, no. <laughs> absolutely, it's yes. editing, Steve. <laughs> do you want to hear the all the lyrics of uh, Mother Abigail's spirituals? Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that oh, was absolutely you. the height of his hubris. Do you think we need more background info on the trash can man? Well, guess what? <laughs> it's here. Did you always want to know how Lloyd got his name? Well, here's his birth and christening. <laughs> hey, do you want to know if Death News have bigger dicks? Well, turn to page 67. <laughs> that's 100% true. I don't know if it was cut, but that's in the uncut version. M-O-O-N spells oral. <laughs> M O O N spells coaching. <laughs> oh man. But the movie, The Shining the movie uh is a fantastic movie. It's not the same as the book. The story is similar, but it's not you know the The Shining book is it's about alcoholism, really. I mean that's it's about inner demons uh it, you know more than it is about, you know, quote unquote ghosts. Um and it's about living with yourself. And this one has a goddamn ghost in it. <laughs> right. And now Stanley Kubrick's version is a great, um, you know, haunted, like haunted house story, basically. It's like the, it is the prototypical, like probably the best example uh, or the best, you know, in this genre of like a haunted house movie. But it's not the same as the book. They're different things. But they're both. I I like. Uh, you haven't seen House or House Two, obviously. <laughs> well, House Two, House Two would give uh, The Shining a run for its money, I guess. <laughs> Man, I watched that show when I was a kid uh, so much, and uh, or that movie. I mean, I watched it like over and over again. I love that movie. I've I've never seen them, but I remember the uh, the front of the VHS tape from Trips to the Grocery Store as a boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that looks scary, but I'm sure it wasn't. No, it was like, it was a farce. <laughs> it was like, it took everything. It's kind of like the Evil Dead and the Evil Dead 2. House 1 was supposed to oh, be so like... it's not good. <laughs> House 1 was supposed to be like this serious movie. And then House 2 I was... I Eric Stoner's listening to this is just, is just seething when I said that. <laughs> and then House 2 is basically the same thing, but like a, a joke version of it. Oh, was it really? Pretty much, yeah. Do you think Soder then says "fuck this" and he goes to uh, turning on, uh, you know, uh, Madden or something? He'll turn on the weekly no, no. podcast. I, I meant to, I meant to say Earthworm Jim. That was the joke, but I completely <laughs> forgot it. 
Yeah, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> In reading the uh, the historical, uh, you know, uh, tale of uh, Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah, like uh, what was that guy? That shit, he'd be like, "Oh, did you, did you know that Urza?" I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> That's right, Urza. That's what it was. That's who I was trying to think of. Urza built this thing. Urza had uh, this card says that Urza had a brother. <laughs> like you might see, like poured over the cards later with a magnifying glass, like <laughs> making notes. Oh my god! <laughs> what was that one? Age of Empires or something like that, or what was it called? I don't know. They they were all they 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 all they had a bunch of stories on them because they were they were different. They were experimenting with some different way of. Oh yeah, that. that whole set sucked, but they had like some pretty good like mana balls. Yeah, 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 exactly. Fallen Kingdoms, maybe something like that. Fallen S- Kingdoms, yes. that might be a something like that. I know the red they had like there was like the Orc Kingdom or something like that, and there were like the elves in the green. And then a lot of goblins, I think, in that series, which I hated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, most of the cards were just shit. Like they were just like shitty two-two creatures. Yeah, and I remember they had, like, I think it was after they had Ice Ages, and they had this really cool picture of, like, a jester on the cover. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that was, like, a really rare card. It was, like, an artifact. Yeah. Yep. Oh, magic. I miss magic. The Gathering. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, I liked it, but then at a certain point, all those kind of games become, like, whoever has the most money, you know, wins. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like a game like chess, where it's, like, pure strategy. Everybody has, like, an equal footing. Right. Could you imagine... Could you imagine if in chess there were there were special pieces that you could buy? Like, oh, this this kills every every piece within four squares on each side. Yep, this is called the Falcon. If I uh, if I pass within two uh, two uh, spots of you, then uh, you become poisoned and you infect uh, every uh, every other piece of yours, and I just win the game. Do you know in Russia, like, I don't know when, probably like 10 years ago, there was like this serial murderer who uh, was trying to kill 64 people to represent each square on a chessboard? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but... That's like the most Russian shit ever. The idea of the idea of, of just having a goal of killing 64 how many, How far did he get? I, I think he got about halfway there. No, that's not bad. He got ha- he got the uh, wait. Were they? Did he kill thirty two white people and thirty two black people? <laughs> well, it's Russia, so probably no black people. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They would have been killed before they got there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're a superpower. Putin took Putin took care of that one, right? Oh. it was weird. Uh, I guess in Russia there were no incidences of a uh, COVID nineteen. And in a related story, there was a huge surge in cases of lethal pneumonia. <laughs> yep, there was. Uh, that's not a joke either. There was a huge. Um, there was a huge surge in the amount of mass burial plots that they needed. Ugh. And that's saying something for Russia. Yep. Well, you know, COVID nineteen. Just getting our one listener there. Yeah, COVID nineteen would never uh, affect Russians. They're too powerful for that. Do you think our, our one listener in Russia is just like a government, like, you know, censorship person? <laughs> he's just, he's blocking everything that uh, we do say. <laughs> but he... Isn't there like one person in China, too? But he, yeah, exactly. But he, secret, but he secretly loves the show. <laughs> oh, I, I wish people could listen. But got to do Vlad's bidding. But he, 
But here in Russia, the the radio listens to you. <laughs> like we just thought Yakov Smirnov was joking. He was just describing the uh, atrocious, uh, you know, daily livelihood of a, a Russian man. Oh my god! Oh. Such as you, hilarious. They killed my brother. <laughs> Cut it out. Oh. Hey, homie, my brother is in there. Um, so. But yeah, so we have uh, Paul Provenza, <laughs> Mark Marin, yep. uh, Sandra Bernhardt. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt, I mostly know her from being on Roseanne. I think she was a stand-up comedian before then. She was, al- she was also in, and I cannot believe that I didn't bring this up, but she was also in, when we talked to Ed Bigley Jr., she was also in The Late Shift, a uh, uh, movie about um, David Letterman and, uh, what's his name, Jay Leno's fight to get the oh, wow. Tonight Show. Was Ed Bigley Jr. in that? He was, and I love that movie, too. <laughs> he played who did Ron, he play? He played Ron Perth, who was uh, an executive at CBS at the time. Oh yeah, I I don't think is Conan involved in that or probably not. No, this was this was pre Conan. Although the guy that wrote is that with the guy who looks a lot like David Letterman. Yes, yeah, the guy um the guy that wrote it though um he uh, he said that when the whole thing with uh, Conan uh, was happening, he said that he was writing a sequel uh like kind of you know to to cover that. Um, now I don't remember the name of the guy that wrote it, but he had some, you know, inside knowledge, uh, in, during this, you know, whole thing. So when, so I don't know if he had the same kind of inside knowledge with the Conan situation or not, but, uh, but apparently that book never came out. So I, you know, I don't know. Oh, I know who the guy was. Uh, his name was Andy Richter. <laughs> he had a scoop, right? What a scoop. But yeah, Sandra Bernhardt of The Late Shift, uh, starring Ed Bigley Jr., mm-hmm. uh, our personal friend who yep. likes us and remembers our names. Exactly. Called me clever. Uh, that's true. <laughs> was it, it was? Did you actually get the audio of you jizzing immediately after that, or or did you not record that part? <laughs> no, I edited that out. That's the one piece of editing I do. And this entire fucking series of shows. Yep. Anytime I get excited and I have to, you know, cream my jeans, then. Uh, I just, uh, I call that... Cream your jeans? So what are you, uh, a fucking uh, sitcom character in the 70s? Oh, I just cream my jeans! And they're acid wash! I call that... <laughs> acid wash. Oh, a jizz wash! I call that an, I call that a, uh, an Anderson. And then I... Uh, and then well, I... We can't use last names. Let's just call him John A. <laughs> and I'm not saying like an assassin way. John A. Sweep the legs, sweep the pants, Johnny. Oh God! Sweep the pants under the under the bed because you know you can't let your mom wash those. Oh, but you can't can show us her dildos for some reason. Yep, that's like a scene no one asked. Good boys. We would have believed you. Yeah, we didn't need we didn't need to taste them. Or oh. I don't know why you did, John, but oh, anyway. You mean uh, Jay Anderson, I think. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jay, is that where we were going with? Something like that. John Anthony Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Anderson, the accomplished actor. Yep. That's like a, uh, that's like a um, uh, uh, before and after on Jeopardy. By the way, are, do you, are you a fan of Jeopardy? You watch Jeopardy? 
yeah, I watched today's episode, which is a rerun of the uh, the the championship game. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm bummed that they're they're. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it sucks, and and we had it for longer than a lot of other shows. But I'm bummed that they're they're not out of shows. So we're just uh, we're left with reruns. But you know, it's still it's still fairly interesting. Obviously, I hope everyone, you know, especially Alex, because uh, you know he's uh, struggling with cancer and everything. So he's obviously in a very high risk group. I hope everyone is, uh, you know, staying safe and hopefully they can return, uh, soon to the studio and continue to, uh, to do episodes. I know that I think Alex has one more year left on his contract. So this season coming up would be his last season. Cause I think he said he's not signing another contract. He's just going to, you know, fulfill the last year of his contract and then he's going to retire. Um, so hopefully for his sake, I'm sure he really wants to to do it and be able to finish it out. I hope uh, I hope everything works out that he can. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we, and then we also have Bob Saget. <laughs> yeah, Bob Saget's on here. Uh, Roseanne Barr and uh, probably one of the most underrated comedians of all time, Patrice O'Neill is on here. Ah, uh, Patrice is the best. Love Patrice. Yeah, I love how like aggressive he is, and like he, he you know, he's he's hilarious. Uh, um, we we see there's kind of funny part. There's uh, Roseanne brings up this article where she like uh, took a picture as Hitler. Yes, like bake, baking uh, gingerbread cookies. Yep, gingerbread Jews. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't hear what magazine was for. It was pretty funny. There were a lot of good jokes around that. Like uh, she's like, yeah, they have a dream, <laughs> like Hitler with a dream. It was like, really, why? it was really fascinating to hear her talk about like her thought process of doing the th- the thing, like the whole thing, um, like kind of like she, there was no aspect of that photo shoot that she hadn't thought of previously, the looking off into the distance, the gingerbread cookies, the whole, and like how she said that, you know, since then there's been, you know, different genocides, uh, or different genocidal attempts. And it's just commonplace now. Like just who gives a fuck anymore? It's, it's like, uh, you know, just a mundane everyday thing like baking cookies. And it was just, I, I mean, I like Roseanne a lot and it was just really fascinating to hear her, her thought process. She's a very cerebral comedian in ways that I don't think she gets enough credit for a lot of times. Yeah. Another thing about Roseanne though, that's important to remember is she's fucking crazy. Well, she definitely is crazy. I mean, she's, she's claimed to have multiple personalities, um, you know, and, and and much like Sam Kennison, at a young age, she took a very like strong blow to the head, which af- after which her personality had changed entirely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, she, you know, I mean, she's a brilliant comedian. You know, tough. Per- you know, obviously, she's you know went through a lot to be a woman who came out with like a sitcom in the late eighties. You know, that was good. Right. I mean, a lot of that I had to feel was her. I mean, you know, she could have been like, oh, look at me. I'm you know like Bill Cosby's like a rich guy with like a wacky family. She was like probably one of the first to really like go hard into like the blue collar type family existence, you know, I mean, with people struggling, paying multiple mortgages instead of like, you know, Oh, look, we're, we're here at home all day and we go to work for one hour, like a month, you know, with most sitcoms. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and it's funny to hear her talk on here too, because she's, you know, at one point she sounds very left wing on, on this episode, which, you know, is like 10 years old, but yeah, this she- is actually pretty close after nine 11 which you could, there's quite a few references to it. Yeah. But she, you know, she says Not like, as much as on this show, I like, don't right. see it in the day of nine 11 as made as re- many references as we have. Right. Yeah. We're, we're trying to break, uh, the today shows record for mentions, but, uh, but anyway, so, um, 
she, uh, you know, like she sounds pretty left wing. She talks about how, you know, oh, I don't think it's safe for a woman to have any, you know, an opinion nowadays that isn't conservative. And I'm sure she'd say the opposite way now, um, which I think shows a little bit how, you know, things have changed, how paradigms have shifted and everything, but also just kind of shows like, I don't, everyone like a kind of attacked her and they're like, oh, she's like this big conservative and stuff like that. I don't. I don't know that she is. I don't know that she isn't. I don't know exactly. I don't think. See, he- I feel that she's actually just like an independent thinker. Which, yes. I mean, a lot of a lot of people like you know like that don't fit in with like you know conservatives or liberals mm-hmm. or Democrats or Republicans. It's it's funny because that if you're like a Democrat or a Republican, there's all these assumptions. Like it's like, oh, you're a Republican. You know, you, you're obviously against high taxes and also against ab- abortion. Mm-hmm. Where's the connection between those two things? There's no <laughs> right. logical connection other than you know. You know, some people have like even theorized that like more abortions equal like better like you know crime rates because you know mm-hmm. some people say that like you know people who are like having trouble you know like you know who can't raise a child aren't be, are going to be able to you know give a lot of parenting obviously a controversial subject mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to parent them properly so they'll grow up to be criminals and there have been some studies that have proved that to be true kind of yep freakonomics I remember that yeah uh, freakonomics Stephen Dubner uh, or Stephen Levy I think yeah. is the economic economist of the two yeah yeah that's like one of his more controversial studies but he's done a lot of studies that are pretty accurate yeah and, and you know like, like but yeah so anybody who who has a, a, an opinion like like i think uh, myself especially lately like i've always identified as like an, a libertarian but uh, i've basically come to the conclusion that people just aren't smart enough to you know be responsible for themselves mm-hmm. yeah pretty much unfortunately I mean, that is paradise in an ideal paradise, we would have no government at all because people would be responsible enough to self-govern and, mm-hmm. you know, not go around like throwing shit in their neighbor's yards, that sort of thing. You know, you'd have a minimal of like government apparatuses. However, in real life, uh, there's a bunch of shitty people who don't know how to behave. So honestly, and this sounds like a joke, I'm not kidding whatsoever. I am looking forward to the, the uh, times when we have super hyper-intelligent AIs that manage everything the government normally would manage because that's the ideal system. No, I agree. And other people have talked about that. Like, um, what is somebody, there was a thing that was like, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like supercomputer for president, like 2024 or something, something like that. Like I've seen people talk about it and I, I agree. Um, obviously at a certain point, uh, intelligent AI AIs will do everything a government could do, but better. Yeah. So, I mean, there'll be no need for it. I mean, I mean, there are always going to be these assholes who want to be in charge of everybody else, but they're not necessary, and they'll eventually realize that that's the case. Yeah, and, and I mean, all it leads to is corruption. Like, you know, the uh, if if you know, we power the um, the computers and then let them, you know, do the decision making and everything, then they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to think, oh, who's going to give me the most money? <laughs> you know, where do I get where do I get the most power from? Where do I get the right, most energy the, uh, from? The historian slash podcaster Dan Carlin has an episode of the show Common Sense, which is like a more shorter, more topical like uh, series he does. Mm-hmm. I think it's called The Dirty Bubble. It's like basically about like the influence of like uh, money and politics. And yeah, if you took all the influence of money out of politics, things would just be way better. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's mostly what they talked about on the <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of different subjects, uh, you know, uh, um, Bob Saget talked a bit about like, you know, be, he always wanted to be in a sitcom. You know, a lot of people give him shit over being on Full House, mostly Patrice O'Neill. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, that's what I wanted. And sure enough, he's made tons of money doing that. Obviously, Roseanne, you know, made a lot of money off sitcoms. Probably Sandra Bernhardt. I like, well. um, I like what Bob Saget says, too, because he was like, 
is like you go through the doors that open. <laughs> like and it, it makes sense when you're when you're in a field like that where you're a comedian or you're an actor or you know where you, you know I guess actually any field really you know any kind of career opportunity um I guess that you know that's that's the case you can't you know there are, people say like beat down the door and stuff like that I mean in some ways I guess you can but it's like if he wanted to be like Bob Saget like kind of like uh Ed Begley Jr. Uh, talked about, although I think he he could be a leading man, in my opinion. But anyway, he was like, you know, I wanted to be a leading man, but I realized that, um, you know, that wasn't going to happen. I get, you know, his, th- those doors didn't open for him for whatever reason. So you can't, you know, even if you want to, you can't can't go through them because they're not opening. So I, I, I kind of liked, uh, you know, that his attitude on it. I, I don't find Bob Saget very funny, usually. Um but I find uh, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld. I find him really interesting when I hear him talk about yeah, comedy. He's been and a comedian stuff. since the late seventies. He's been around everyone. Like his first show, he was with Richard Pryor on stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I find him. I find him very fascinating talking about you know comedy, talking about uh, you know just life and stuff like that. He seems like a really interesting dude. Yeah, what I think is especially interesting is uh, not only do they have Bob Saget who mentions like. Not quite selling out, but he's like, yeah, I want to be on sitcoms. I want to be where the money is. You know, he's perfectly fine with it. And you have Patrice O'Neill, who is notorious for avoiding anything ever that could improve his, like, standing in, like, you know, <laughs> the uh, celebrity of comedy or, like, you know, fame. He's, like, he was on The Office briefly. He's in almost nothing. He's in The Chappelle Show. But he is, you know, he's one of the funniest people you'll ever hear speak. He oh, was, yeah. you know, on the Opie and Anthony show for, you know, quite a while Um his stand-up is great. I mean, every anyone who talks about him t- reveres him. He is one of the funniest comedians of his generation, and there's little to no doubt of that. He just didn't – he didn't try to become famous is what it is. He was, like, almost, like, bucking against it the whole time. Yeah, and it's funny because they kind of – not not really directed at Patrice, but uh, Roseanne sort of brings it up at some point in this episode where she says that she heard – she couldn't remember from where, but uh, she said she thought it was, it was true that sometimes – um, you know, you have a choice between being successful or being great, you know, and there's a lot of like people that are great that never become successful. And, you know, that's, that's kind of Patrice's story to, uh, to a, a degree, unfortunately. And he said it all the time. Um, and he said it on this show too. He was prophetic in saying, uh, you know, I'm 40 years old and I have, uh, diabetes and high blood pressure. I'm the oldest person here. And, uh, you know, yeah, and he, unfortunately, he died, it's true. Uh, yeah. About 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, he, he died at a very young age from diabetes. Yep. Very unfortunate. But uh, that Do is. Do you know how he found out he had diabetes? There's a really, really crazy story about that. No. No, how? His, uh, his girlfriend said his piss tasted like birthday cake. Holy shit. Yeah, I guess they were like, you know, yearning at each other. And it was so sweet. He's, she's like, oh, that, it was so sweet. It was notable, I guess. <laughs> God. I mean, if it really tastes like birthday cake, though, wouldn't you want a little more? You would think so. <laughs> I mean, I could Happy see birthday. then. I could see then why she was into it. It's <laughs> like it used to taste like Sour Patch Kids, but now, now it tastes like no, it's, it's liquid cake. <laughs> this is maybe yeah, a little I... too sweet for me, uh, Patrice. You better get yourself checked out. 
Right. But yeah, I really like the uh, the comedians on here. I mean, Sandra Burner, I don't really know her outside of Roseanne. I've watched almost every episode of Roseanne, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. Roseanne's a national treasure. She's hilarious. Yep. I think she's wrong 90% of the time, but I still yeah. just enjoy her. She's a person who is being honest with himself. You know, she thinks she's right. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to sell anything. She's not trying to hurt anybody. Uh, even with her thing a few years ago where she called that one lady, like I hear what she said. Did she say she looked like an ape or something like that? Or she thought she was. She said if you, she couldn't tell if you mix an ape or if you mix like a, yeah, like an ape with something else, then you get this woman. I mean, I honestly don't think she would say something hurtful like that on purpose. She just seems like a very genuine, honest person. And mm-hmm. again, she probably, you know, went, came up with Bob Saget quite a bit. They were both in the late 70s, early 80s of the comedy store in L.A., you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see. I mean, can you think of anybody who else who – I mean, Roseanne is, like, purely comedic. I mean, because I'm not trying to be a dick here, but, I mean, her voice, you know, the way she looks, mm-hmm. those aren't – she's not getting into any doors with either of those. No, no, exactly. Like, her whole – She is just a f- hilarious person. Yeah, her whole thing is uh... – is um you know her whole thing is comedy you like it like her and, and patrice are similar in the sense that you're gonna like them in spite of anything you might have preconceived you know mm-hmm. patrice is like this giant like you know like uh six two maybe six five he's a very large you know imposing man uh he comes off very aggressively but he is the funniest person you'll ever see on a tv screen mm, yeah absolutely roseanne you know has this shrill voice uh you know, again, you know, it's not like, you know, what you expect to see, like, as far as women. I mean, again, I mean, this is odd. Women on TV generally are, like, super attractive, you know, that sort of thing. Roseanne's not, you know, hideous or anything, but she's not your typical leading lady. Oh, no, absolutely not. The fact that the fact that she got, in the in the 80s, a time period where, and, you know, a lot of you probably won't remember, but a time period where there were three networks, it's not like you could. I mean, Fox, I think, existed at the time, but I mean, there was there was kind there, of coming up. The, the, and the thing is, is like Fox existed, but there was like three days out of the week that there was nothing on Fox. And I don't mean like infomercials were on Fox. I mean, it was test pattern for three for like three right. days yeah. during this time. So you got three networks and that's it. There was no Netflix or there, there weren't a lot of avenues for people to make shows. The fact that looking like she did, sounding like she did, that she got a show on one of those networks and it became the number one show in the country, that's how hilarious she was. She was one of the like the the freshest voices in stand-up comedy uh, during that, that time period that, that she came out. And then, like you said, she made one of the most revolutionary sitcoms because... At this time, I mean, there were there weren't blue collar shows out there. There weren't shows talking about every. I mean, you, you may have a show where like you know, oh, we're we're you know, we work at a bar, we're Cheers, but I mean, they're like you know, driving Porsches. They yeah. never mention you know anything outside of Cheers. They have these elaborate you know, rich people type weddings and that kind of shit. Exactly. The tweet that she sent was uh, just so we can quote it accurately was Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. Uh, she was referring to um, to Valerie uh, Valerie Jarrett, who was a um, an advisor for the Obama administration and and stuff like that. I think she was, I think she was trying to make a joke or something. I, I don't know exactly what she was doing. Like you said, um, and I think like I think we actually might have talked about this when this actually happened. Um, 
But, you know, like we said at the time, I mean, I don't agree with what she, what she says necessarily. I don't think she necessarily should have gotten fired. Um, you know, if you don't want to watch her show or, or support her because of that, you know, then that that's your right. And I think you should absolutely do that. Um, but, you know, it's I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't agree with what she says, but I think that I think nowadays people get judged too harshly. Um because everyone says something dumb at some point in their life. The fact that we all put everything, well, not all of us, but the fact that so many people, especially celebrities, put basically every single thought they ever have on Twitter or Facebook or someplace on social media, everyone gets, do you ever notice, like, you ever, like, take the long view, people. You ever, like, uh, you know, look back and notice how, like, everyone gets in trouble? Like all, like literally, almost every celebrity gets in trouble at some point for saying something. Like Mario Lopez said that stuff that he said that was completely sensible that everyone <laughs> jumped on him for about uh, the like transgendered people and everything. And um, like almost everyone gets in trouble at some point because people say stupid shit. And it's like you you shouldn't we shouldn't support people who are racist we shouldn't support people with rate like you know hate in their heart but i think it's okay for people to make mistakes and then apologize and then be forgiven i think that's okay that's what i'm saying yeah, I've, I've always heard that if you have hate in your heart let it out <laughs> yep <laughs> that's a good point mike that's very well said that that's almost too poignant for this show thank you <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, this show, it's, it's its fun. I like the people on it. Bob's, there's a lot of, you know, funny jokes. Uh, Patrice O'Neill has a lot of, you know, hilarity. Uh, Bob Saget, you know, mm -hmm. discusses, like, his process a little bit. He like, basically says each child he has is, like, material. He just mines him for material. <laughs> right. And that is probably how comedians would look at things. Like, basically anything in your life is is, you know, a source of content. Sure, but yeah, a good episode. I mean, not my favorite of the green room. Uh, those will be coming up. There's more yeah. comedians that I oh, like yeah. a little more, but I mean, a, a very good, solid lineup. And again, Patrice O'Neill, possibly one of the most underrated comedians. I mean, honestly, look him up. Uh, mm -hmm. Elephant in the Room, his last special was great. Uh, look at him on Opie and Anthony. He just rips every other. Like, you can tell every other comedian's just intimidated by him. He just like rips him to shreds. It's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Bill Burr tells a story about how. Because, uh, you know, they came up together, too, in Boston and everything. Uh, Bill Burr tells a story about how, uh, I think he says, like, one of the comedy clubs, they would all sit around the table and they would rip on each other and stuff like that, you know, in the afternoon before the, the show started. And... Um, the cellar, I think. Oh, that's New York. I don't know. But he was like, you know, Patrice was the, the king of it. Like, Patrice would just destroy everyone, and no one could ever touch him. Like, no one could ever say anything that, that would get under his skin or, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I remember Jim, Jim Norton once described, he was, like, telling a joke on stage, and it wasn't really funny. And then all of a sudden, a phone booth, like, slams out of the stage. Uh, uh, for our younger audiences, a phone book is a very thick book full of very thin pages that have yeah. listings. Yep, exactly. And, uh, Pat Patrice O'Neill had thrown it saying, look in there, you could probably find something funnier than that joke. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, one of those people who, you don't know why they weren't like, you know, top level fame, but he's one of the funniest people ever. He, you know, rest in peace. Obviously. Yep, 
Yeah, search search some Patrice O'Neill uh, content out there. On, go to YouTube. You know, there's stuff on YouTube. There, I'm sure. I haven't yeah, looked- look on YouTube for Black Phillip. It's his relationship advice show. It's mm-hmm. like obviously a parody of Doctor Phil, but very insightful person. I mean, it's controversial. I, I think he makes a lot of good points. So, yep. And I th- I haven't checked Netflix recently, but I'm sure at least some of his specials are are on there. Uh, you know, and and obviously there are other avenues that you can go to to find his specials. But uh, you know, check him out. He is hilarious. One of the funniest comedians ever. Yeah, and he, you know, died way too young, like in his early to mid forties, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he was like forty, forty three, or something like that. Forty three, forty four. Yeah, it's a shame. Him, Greg Giraldo, both died way too soon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Love Greg Giraldo. One, another one of the best. Um, check your uh, hey, you know, uh, anyone out there, drugs dot com. I check it all the time for my wife because my wife's on a um like a few different medications, but um. Uh, if you have, you know, if you're, if you're taking something new, even if it's over the counter for the first time and you have prescription drugs, you know, it happened to Heath Ledger. It happened to Greg Giraldo. I, oh no. I think one of the Olsen uh, twins killed Heath Ledger. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> and wasn't Greg Giraldo like in a rehab when he passed away? He like, he died of a con- like a lethal combination of, I think it was antidepressants and sleeping medication or something like that. Like, oh, uh, like o- that- over the counter sleeping medication. Oh, oh well, yeah, I thought it was something. I, I know he had a lot of like drug abuse issues. I, I assumed it was something like stronger. No, I think I think it was like and you, like I think he had just come out of rehab, and and I, I believe if I, and I might be wrong, but I believe that it was just like an accidental like interaction. But always check, oh, always check, uh, um, you know, drugs.com if you're taking something because it will give you or call your pharmacist or whatever, but it will give you. Yeah, pharmacies. Uh, or you could just go up there and ask them. They're they're pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. So just you know, just be on the safe side if you're if you're taking something to sleep and it's something you've never taken before and you have and you're on prescription drugs, just check if there's any interactions. You know, be safe right. out there, everybody. And avoid any of the Olsons. Yeah, exactly. That's what this show is all about: avoiding Olsons and being safe and always knowing the location of Hillary Clinton. Right, and not just because the Olsons can probably peel bananas with their feet, just in general. I remember when I pointed that out to you, that they just, they look like, and I'm, I mean, is it racist? They're white, so I don't think it's racist. They look like chimpanzees. They, like, kind of, like, yeah, yeah, I don't think, or troll dolls. Yes, that's a good, that's a good one, too. I remember, like, the count, like, the countdown of, like, oh, one of the Olsen twins is going to turn 18, and I'm like, who gives a fuck? One of them? Wouldn't they both turn 18 on the same day? Right. Yeah, and then wait three minutes later, the other one's 18. (laughs) But it's like, I remember, like, that, that being a thing, and thinking, who fucking cares? Like, they're not attractive at all. No. Ugh. But at least they killed Heath Ledger. Yeah, possibly. Allegedly. Uh, didn't one of them? Isn't, uh, isn't their sister like in the Marvel movies too? Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. She's uh, Scarlet Witch. Fair enough. She's more attractive than them, but uh, but she looks a lot I like them too. So. so still not good. Yeah, I, I disagree. You don't think she's more attractive than the Olsen twins? I mean, maybe slightly, but that's not saying a lot. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I she's. Guess. I guess I'm not saying she's Scarlett Johansson level or anything. I'm just saying. I don't like, think Scarlett Johansson's attractive. I like Scarlett Johansson. I could, I could, uh, you know, I, I could be happy with with a little Scarlett Johansson action. 
She could talk you into it. I mean, not now because I'm married, but. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I guess that's the show. Um, by the time uh, yeah. by the time we do another show, we might, I might be divorced. <laughs> could be, but you could be married to Scarlett Johansson. That's true. <laughs> Is she Jake married? Johansson I don't know. I think she's dating or engaged to that. Uh, col- oh, hold on. The guy from uh, SNL, is it Colin Jost or is it the guy from Practical Jokers? Like he has a, they're brothers. I don't remember which is which. Um, I think something Jost is. Uh... Casey? Yeah, I don't know. She I was married Colin to Ryan Reynolds. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't read on fucking uh, the Canadian uh, Narcity? <laughs> Apparently not. She was also married to some other dude named Roman. Jarvik, I think Blancy? that's I think that's the guy. The I think that's the Russian guy that listens to our show. Oh no, he's French. He's French. Romain Bonjour Doria. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, you're right. She uh, began a relationship with SNL co-head writer and Weekend Update co-host Colin Jost in 2019. Uh, they were engaged. Um, okay. I, I heard her tell a story that was funny one time. She's are, are they not engaged now? No, I, I think they're still engaged. I don't think they're married yet, but they're still engaged. Um, yes. But uh, anyway, I told I heard her tell a story that was very funny one time. She was talking. She said it was like the worst fan interaction she ever had, or whatever. She went to the bathroom on a on a plane. And for some reason, the door didn't latch properly. So this guy opens the door because it's, it's you know, it doesn't say occupied because the door didn't latch properly. And he opens the door and he sees her and he's like, she's like, I-, I can't do the facial expression she did because this is an audio medium, but I'll try to explain it. Uh, she said he could see the, she could see the recognition in his face. Like he looked, he looks at her vagina and is like, like you know, kind of jumps back, startled, looks up, and he's like, oh, it's you. And she's like, go, 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 get out. But I can just imagine, like, that would be the weirdest thing in the world. You open an elevator, you open an airplane, uh, you know. I was saying an elevator is even weirder. <laughs> you, yeah, you open an elevator, and uh, Scarlett Johansson's pissing in the center of Hey, hey, thanks for joining <laughs> But what a weird, what a weird fan interaction. But uh, I guess good for that guy. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh what a weird, weird time that we live in, where you can pee in an airplane. The Wright brothers would be proud. Do you think they pissed on the airplane for the twenty seconds they were airborne? I think. Uh, I think the. I think Orville. It was right. And yeah, I think. I think Orville probably did uh, when uh, he crashed. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Anyway, um so uh yeah, that's about it. Um that's all I got. You got anything else? No. All right. Well, then we will see you uh next week. Uh we're going to do like I said like we said uh, on the other show, uh write to us massivelatefee@gmail.com if you have any questions or anything like that. I'm going to compile them for our 100th episode which should come out in, I don't know, uh, like a couple months, I guess. Nice. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>